three, two, one, and we are on. Guys, welcome back to the Peak PT Studio podcast with myself, Rich Higgins, and my good friend, business partner, Josh Girl Power Jurief. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> apart from that introduction. <laughs> Um, just to explain to everyone, um, today we had the best uh, playlist um, of Peaks history. Um, so we <laughs> just set the scene. We had uh, myself, Rich, and Grant. We all had. I think we all had clients each, or I had a group in. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. And um, we're just talking about my playlist, and it wasn't too bad. I think I think you could agree. Mm. And then yeah, it's pretty uh, good. Grant, Julie, uh, one of Grant's clients. Uh, then uh, one was it uh, Spice Girls? Um, a Spice Girls track came on. Julie went, "Oh my god!" Um, then just at the right time, Rich took a massive gulp of coffee. I spotted that, couldn't stop laughing, pissed myself laughing. All the while, Rich had boiling hot lava in his face. Oh, and, I uh, so yeah. nearly spat it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, the way it's, it's the way that the playlist rolls from like it's so eclectic i literally think we had um royal blood was like the track before wasn't it like all drums yeah, and guitar yeah. and raging mm-hmm. and uh yeah we just, just we'd been talking about it all morning really and then yeah it just broke into the spice girls at the exact moment i took a massive <laughs> gulp of espresso <laughs> yeah um, just for it now we've got um Got Sun 41, In Too Deep, Lenny Kravitz, uh, Stereophonics, Dakota. Uh, I walked into Elton girls. John this morning. That was the first one, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it's great. Billie Eilish, Gregory Porter, Gorillaz. Yeah. Oh, oh. There's some oh, good stuff guys. in there. There's some good stuff. Most def. Just throws up the odd gem, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Firestarter, Prodigy. Yeah. Um, yeah how's stuff. everyone this week? I hope everyone's had a good week. Um this week I have read a lot. Well, I say read. I listened a lot on Audible, mm-hmm. um, and we're just saying off air like this week's flown by. We we've had some uh, really productive times at the studio, um, <laughs> that being one of them. Yeah. And yeah, how was your week? Was it all right? Yeah, really good, mate. Uh, same as really. It's been busy. I think it's slowly, in fact, not even slowly. It's quite quickly ramping up after lockdown. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I keep comparing it to January to people and it seems a little bit that way there's a lot of like we talked about last week there's a lot of kind of post lockdown people wanting to get in getting stuff going and just in general people moving moving around a little bit more isn't there getting out and about seeing a few different people um yeah I definitely think there's a there's a decent kind of current of people wanting to um get moving again i don't just mean from a fitness point of view but get life going again isn't it so yeah Mm. i've seen a fair bit of that so yeah again probably busiest week i think so far um like you say weeks absolutely flown by i can't believe it's thursday um but it does mean that we're very close to line of duty again but i won't open that kind of worms we will we'll crack on with the rest of the pod but yeah how's your week been yeah how's your week been yeah 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 good yeah um manic uh yeah just it doesn't feel like I've stopped which yeah. is good um like I said I've read a couple of books well been I've read a couple of books this month and, I had a couple of um, books read to you yeah yeah by some <laughs> lovely talented people <laughs> just while I drift off at night yeah slumber. Nice. Uh, yeah no I just I find it really helpful um 
I need to get into that a bit. I listen to an awful lot of podcasts. I pretty much have headphones in my ears the whole time that I'm not at work. And um, so, yeah, I think I could get into some audio books a little bit more because I do a lot of podcasts, but yeah, not so much on the audio books. Yeah, I mean, Barack Obama, so A Promised Land, that one's really good to fall asleep to because he he just talks like, Mm. well, you hear him, very calm very slow and you're like oh my god this is and then you wake up the next day it's great i remember that when i went away with um, a group of mates and we were sharing rooms and my mate was like oh do you mind if i put some uh, put an audiobook on i was like yeah go for it and stephen fry reading harry potter literally i think he got about halfway mm. through the first sentence and i was gone it was brilliant yeah yeah um, stephen fry is massive on on that isn't he yeah i bet so books I bet he's cracking voice for it. Imagine David Attenborough. He could get a gig doing that, couldn't he? Not that he's obviously he's obviously already busy think... enough with everything else he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I think he's quite... He's <laughs> played quite full. Yeah, for story time. <laughs> nice, buddy. So uh, we were talking off air a little bit and actually spoke about this earlier in the week and earlier today, mm-hmm. talking about snacking. It's coming up quite a bit. I mean, it always does, doesn't it? Um, there's you see healthy snacking sections in every shop now we get asked an awful lot what's the what should I be snacking on you know during the day after dinner what's a healthy snack what's a good snack to have Um, so we'd thought we'd cover kind of the whole topic of snacking really Mm. from the nutrition standpoint what are what are your kind of thoughts on it Um, what do you advise with clients I think obviously it's it's pretty individual but Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the first kind of port call, isn't it? It's who you're talking to. Mm. Um, for me, I snack quite a lot. Um, I used to, I mean, working shifts and, you know, anyone that's worked shifts, whatever kind of job it is, you probably don't get a, a large window to snack so or to eat at all. So you kind of take that 20 minute or, um, you know, 15, 20 minute window and just inhale as best you can. And that kind of, for me, I used to overeat quite quickly and feel uncomfortable for the rest of the shift all day. So yeah, snacking for me is quite a good tool that I can just, um, you know, keep myself relatively uh, happy, if that's mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. I do get hungry quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, it's just, it's a good way for me just to regulate everything. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, talking to clients especially with lockdown um we're saying about this this morning um my other half she you know sometimes she just looks at me and goes how are you eating that much and then (laughs) kind of see without her knowing she kind of tries to or not tries to but eats as much as me or just sees me doing it going oh i have some of that too yeah um so yeah i think with lockdown it's almost kind of or coming out of lockdown, why do people snack? It's probably the better question, or why does that client snack and then go from there, like reverse engineer it? Yeah, that's it. I think from, like you say, a personal point of view, I grew up with a lot of like grand's home cooking and stuff, and my family have always eaten really big meals, like always had massive meals. And we snacked a little bit in between, but a lot more of the focus was around kind of big meal time. So like you say, it's just complete sort of personal preference. I think you're bang on the nail with what we said at the end there um is 
more of the question is why are we snacking most people it's a drive from it's kind of a hunger drive isn't it but we've got to realize that that's kind of really multi-dimensional so hunger can be affected by mood emotions um social environment advertising sleep. that kind of stuff sleep exactly so more of the question is kind of why are you snacking and looking at your diet as a whole I've seen sort of numerous studies on this and they talk I mean there's quite a lot of quoting people saying snacking can contribute for a lot of people up to a third of energy intake for the day hmm. and obviously if we're talking about keeping a balanced diet um, even if it's losing a little bit of weight that's a huge amount of your overall daily intake so it obviously is important what was kind of more interesting from a lot of the studies that you look at on snacking is it often contributes a huge amount of um, huge amount of calories up to a third but not too much in terms of nutritional value and I think that's where a lot of people ask us kind of what should I snack on what like yeah, what, what's a good snack? What's a healthy snack? Um, and I think a lot of the time people are snacking, especially like you say, during lockdown or when we're working from home, is snacking more out of boredom and more because stuff's there than actually, like you're saying, fueling yourself through the day. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? So looking at the diet as a whole and think like, you know, if you're snacking at particular times of the day, I've got client, for example, we're just looking more closely at his nutrition tends to snack a lot in the evening and looking at the diet over overall you the first kind of sign is he's really light on food or calories at, at breakfast and lunch mm. eats quite a big dinner but then he's starving after dinner and so more likely than not is because he's being restricted through the day he ends up starving in the evening and then massively overeating on that that kind of evening snack so it's looking at the picture as a whole and not just sort of isolating snacking on its own yeah. is how is it contributing to your over, overall nutrition, your intake and the nutrients that you're getting. I think that's it. It's having that kind of bigger picture, but also for me, um, when it kind of helping clients, it's having that um, not to be too broad, but not to be too specific. It's quite a balancing act. Mm -hmm. um, and having that kind of um yeah like you say kind of are you light on something and then kind of work out a plan for that rather yeah. than just trying to eat more or trying to eat less yeah it's actually quite quite helpful that way it's like you say if you're if you're kind of reverse engineering it and you're going okay i always seem to be really hungry sort of mid-morning and you look back from that and go okay well am i sleeping well um, am I getting a good breakfast in? Is that why I'm really hungry mid-morning? Is it just a dip in energy because I've had poor sleep and then I'm using snacks or coffee or whatever it might be to try and pick yourself up? And so actually looking at the contributing factors to it. And like mm -hmm. like you've said with, with your example, is actually yours is just down to you're on the move quite a lot of time. It's a handy, it's a good way to top up your energy and I know from like seeing you firsthand, you're quite often snacking on nuts and things like that. So you've got a good, a good um, idea of of kind of some good nutrient dense snacks to go through the day, and it's not just grabbing whatever's whatever's there. You're kind of planning it out, and there's a bit more thought behind it. 
it's like we talked about in the last pod, like the food volume. Mm. And um, yeah, yesterday was a perfect example. I had pistachios and I had uh, watermelon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, just to just to fill me up, but also just get some some decent stuff in. Um, but yeah, it's having that kind of understanding, but also having something in your arsenal just to kind of pull out, um, especially when you know if you are hungry and you are snacking, uh, trying to be aware of how much you do, like volume or or amount that you do snack. Uh, something that I personally have struggled with before is not a struggle but found myself doing more of this it's kind of over snacking and i think that's what especially kind of lockdown has encouraged more of that it's yeah. just that boredom looking why and then and go from there and, and seeing what's going on yeah you, you constantly it's the classic i'll go check what in the what's in the fridge nothing's there go back five minutes later oh still nothing's there I know it's a bit of a silly example and people use it quite often is when you come to snacking, like it's funny how you're always or a lot of the time you're kind of you're hungry and snacking for a chocolate bar. Do you know what I mean? You're never I'm really starving for a big bowl of broccoli or I'm really starving for like a load of fruit. Do you know what I mean? And that's probably a good indicator that it's actually just um, probably a dip in in energy levels or boredom or just temptation more than anything rather than actually being hungry and there you're kind of just filling it with again don't really like the term but empty calories isn't it you're just going for those snacks because they're there snacking on biscuits and stuff like that that's not kind of your your true hunger signals that's just being a bit bored and wanting something sweet yeah definitely so yeah I think that the kind of reverse engineering side of it is okay like firstly what time of days am I snacking is there a bit of correlation there Um, is there a bit of a trend is it always mid-morning is it always mid-afternoon is it always in the evening that you tend to snack and going looking at your diet and lifestyle in general overall and thinking okay well is it down to a lack of sleep like you said about shift work with night shifts and things like that people struggling to get they're sleeping and coming off night shifts is really it's a really difficult one because obviously it it plays around with your eating habits quite a lot and there it's about pinpointing the specific times of when you get hungry and it's okay can I manage that better and if you're not able to manage that say for example sleep if that is just down to a big work volume or certain days you just can't get enough sleep well then it's having tactics and having things available to you to snack on aren't going to completely you know damage damage your diet overall so like we talked about those low calorie high volume high nutrient density foods so fruits melons absolute like brilliant example those kind of things your fruits and vegetables and that stuff nuts to snack on rather than just diving for chocolate or crisps or whatever it might be yeah, just nourishing yourself, isn't it, with with good, sensible uh, options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always worth asking as well. Like, do you need to snack? You know, that's. Yeah. I mean, diet overall. Like I say, I probably eat three main meals a day, and then maybe have one snack either kind of pre or post training um, when I'm eating fairly normally, and I don't really feel that I need to. 
I think a lot of people get in their head. I don't know if it's a, a sort of throwback to, you know, the old stoking metabolism, eating five times a day, six times a day kind of thing. So people oh, yeah. get in their head, right, I need three meals a day and I need a mid-morning snack and a mid-afternoon snack. And it's probably worth questioning whether you do really need that or you've just got that layout of your food in your head. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that can be really important for sure. Side note, um, stacking, uh, snacking, eating more frequently doesn't smoke, stoke your metabolism. <laughs> you can't um, out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I think um, the biggest kind of take home for that is probably just listen to your body. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's quite obvious that when you are, you know, looking for something in the fridge 16 times and it doesn't appear out of thin air, you know, mm. something's you know you're bored you know you're looking for something or you like you say you just need some sort of nutrition um but you know just i've had it you know clients oh, i've had a picture of my you know i put a picture of me on the fridge of where i want to be i mean mm. that that may help i, I don't advocate that but mm. having kind of a sensible head on uh, sometimes it's not going to happen all the time but having that kind of you know what do I really need? What do I need? What do I want and need? Um, two different yeah. things, aren't they? Yeah, massively. That's it, isn't it? It's it's getting to the root of why you're snacking, basically. Yeah. You know, a little, even a little, that little break of questioning the decision of do I need, do I need this snack? Um, that little break can be enough of just breaking the habit a little bit. I liked some, there was something the other day I saw. Is it um is it Mark Manson book when he talks about fuck yes or if it's not a fuck yes it's a no? Have you heard that quote? No. no so I like, know. I mean, you can use it in a nutrition example. Is say you're out eating and I don't know you're out out for a meal. and all of them you're kind of like yeah it's all right i kind of had that but you end up just same with snacking you're like oh yeah i kind of need a snack but so i'll just grab this and actually questioning like if it's not a fuck yes as in like i really want that dessert that's amazing like i will fit that into my diet because i love that dessert then it's a no and same with snacking if you're questioning like oh do i need this snack or am i just eating because i'm bored essentially if it's not uh fuck yes i need something to eat now then it's a no. It's another. Is that from the subtle, subtle art of not yeah. giving a fuck? Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah, I have yeah. read that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, you, as you said, I was kind of tweaked. Yeah. So it's just, again, a little, a little trigger in your head to kind of break the cycle of just automatically reaching for a snack. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like you say, I think takeaways on that is often questioning, do you need to snack? Um, why are you snacking? Is there a trend? Is there, um, is it the same time every day? Is it energy levels? Is it sleep? And then working backwards from there. And that's what we do as coaches, basically with people's nutrition. It's a big part of why we get people to, um, log calories early on. It's not specifically to get them to stick to calories. We just want to see what's going on. We just want to see the overall picture and see if we can see any trends in there. That's a big part of what we look at early on. Um, yeah. Nice, dude. Anything else to add on that one? No, I think we've covered it all, yeah. I'm happy with awesome. that. Awesome. Cool. On to uh, training side of things, we wanted to talk, and this was something I was discussing with a client earlier, 
she'd listened to a really interesting podcast on it actually but the benefits of resistance training outside of building muscle and just the aesthetic look pretty much actual the health benefits alongside of that so a lot of the time I think especially more recently I mean vast majority of PTs integrate that well their bread and butter is resistance training or most of the sessions are based around some sort of resistance training um there's yeah people that specialize in hit work and things but vast majority are doing resistance training and for a long time it's kind of i think it was kind of quoted or misquoted a lot of the time as our oh, resistance training is best for fat loss because that tended to be the goal of most people um but actually diving into a little bit deeper of why we use resistance training with clients and what are the benefits outside of just growing muscle and um yeah aesthetics as looks basically so i think from i mean from my point of view from a health perspective one you've got if you're looking at things like recovering from surgery recovering from injury recovering from illness there's numerous studies show that um, having more muscle mass being stronger is going to help you recover from any of those kind of life events so from a health and recovery perspective it's massive having more muscle mass from it's not really our area of specialty but um, we know kind of a little bit about it is sort of metabolic health as well so certain diseases um, if we're talking about onset of diabetes that kind of thing having more muscle mass is going to help you shunt a lot of the glucose quicker out of your blood after a, a big meal for example you've got more space for that glucose to go um, and that is kind of a big indicator a predeterminer to diabetes the onset of diabetes and that kind of thing so again having muscle mass is going to help you from health perspective as well as just the the strength training side of things josh will probably talk a little bit more on the kind of mobility side of things and the injury perspective more in his wheelhouse of of sports therapy mm -hmm. i'll do that now if you like that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i mean getting i mean as, as a marvelous link um yeah i think from from that kind of point of view getting people back uh walking um squatting you know stuff that we do day in and day out and having you know uh reconstruction surgery for example or just tears uh, grade two etc that you could have a whole different kind of list and and it's just really getting a the confidence up there and, and kind of exercising around those areas really does help that and you know we've done it before um and we'll do it again with kind of coming back from injury and you get everyone kind of going through the movement pattern i mm -hmm. think that's, that's really key i see you do it quite often um with clients especially i mean from from getting people back into the swing of things from lockdown you know not training for what i mean how long do we have like 12 months yeah over that over that yeah. 12 18 months yeah so like we, we did have like the first four weeks of training everyone back. We kind of had, you know, we sat down and we kind of thought about what we need to do um, to offset the risk of injury. Um, but also people that have come back with an injury through running, 
um, mm. or cycling or whatever it had been throughout that that period of time we didn't see them um getting through kind of you know the brain almost having that or the body and the mind having that kind of trust in it mm. in, in that injury um getting people kind of loading up uh, the joint the tendons etc getting getting those stronger and, and happier and um, and then kind of progressing from there so yeah it's really Definitely. um it's really helpful having that kind of um what we do is that kind of helpful platform or kind of position that we kind of put people in that kind of you can grow and it's that step by step yeah i think i mean a lot of t people talk about mobility and flexibility as well from a health perspective and um injury rehabbing and injury prevention in actual fact every weighted movement you do you're unless it's isometric movement you're taking well even with then you're taking the muscle through its range of motion you're taking the muscle through range so it's a stretch it's a stretch but you're adding load to it so you also get that benefit you get the flexibility and the range of motion benefit like josh said loading tendons loading joints um we've touched on before about running being a huge impact on the body and actually getting to load the body and the joints that you're going to use for running slowly and um Oh, progressively overloading them is going to get them used to that running load and then you've got far less risk of injury mm. so there's huge benefits from that side of things as well um, posturally structurally it also puts your bones under a little bit of stress which obviously we need in terms of preventing osteoporosis long term all of that kind of stuff as well so there's huge benefits beyond just having bigger biceps and looking a bit better on the beach that's why i think even if you don't have a specific goal i've said it before if you don't have a specific goal from training it's never a bad idea to focus on building muscle and getting stronger it's always going to benefit you i kind of tongue-in-cheek call gym work and resistance training fake work because i think it replaces all of the stuff that we used to do as humans from more of a manual labor perspective when we were all farmers and such and warriors or whatever it might have been yeah. yeah exactly we're replacing all of that work that we used to do that our bodies are used to because we don't do that as much anymore we're a lot more sedentary then that's why kind of resistance training has become so much more important the thing that yeah. actually you kind of briefly touched on and this is what we were talking about with the client earlier in the podcast was also the link between mind and body and mind and muscle um is really interesting she was actually talking about uh training whilst you're or resistance training where you're also doing something that's challenging your mind or your brain so thinking on things um i think the example she used was saying about say like a crossword question if you had that in your head and we're trying to solve it as you were training it kind of doubles down on the effect, the sort of cognitive effect that weight training gives you. Essentially, when you weight train, your brain is sending your muscles electrical signals to move and fire and flex, and that's, that's where you create movement. So having that link between your brain and the rest of your body, again, from a, a mental perspective, has huge benefit, huge carryover as well. That's why you see early on when you get a lot of strength gains quite quickly, 
it's not actually any physiological change in your muscles. It's more to do with your brain going, okay, well, we did this movement, this exercise last time, and I fired 40% of the muscle fibers in my quad, for example, and it was quite hard. So this time I'm going to fire 45, 50% of the quad muscles. And so obviously there's more force there really simplistic explanation of it but essentially what happens when you get um, early strength gain and again shows why you can gain strength without gaining muscle size <clears throat> so there's also that kind of neurological link as well um, so yeah that's pretty much why we base so much of our training around resistance training nice do you have anything anything on that one mate no no no, I'm happy with that, yeah. Sweet. Really nice, yeah, really nice explanation. And also, if you hit tarmac at 30 miles an hour and land on your head, um, you're less likely to injure the rest of your body if you've got a little bit of strength and structure to mm. um, give you a bit of padding, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> speaking from, exa uh, from experience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always remember my... Um, my um, lecturer at uni she did this massive case study on uh, this bodybuilder and kind of the uh, psychological um kind of uh, kind of understanding why he's doing it and mm -hmm. um throughout this 12 month case study uh, she um you know went up to i think it was london croydon and um you know every other month and uh, he during the, the month break they didn't see each other he had a crash and mm. uh, laurie went into the back of his car and he had to get cut out, all sorts. And he was um, basically, uh, long story short, the doctor said, if you weren't the size of, you know, how, how muscular you were, mm. you would have been squashed. Like, you, mm. your, your legs, his, I mean, his legs were, you know, all the way up toward his chest. Yeah. The, the, the lorry Jesus. went that far. And, um, yeah, it took him uh, years to rebuild um, kind of, well, obviously the size, but even walking, it took him years to get back into it and i always remember that kind of yeah yeah you can I mean, you can always recover from stuff like that hopefully but um yeah it's amazing mm. how how what i guess your body can go through touching yeah. back to um what you, you said earlier about kind of fake work and, mm. and gym i mean the, the most extreme is when we get um people into the studio and we go right our goal or your goal i want to do a chin-up and everyone's like oh, i can't do that so, well, technically, we're designed to do it. Yeah. Um, in, in some ways, and um, it's having that kind of. Well, if you can, like we're built to it. So mm. let's get on. Let's get going. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Does that? It's again. It's a bit of a daft quote, but like stronger humans are harder to kill. And mm. it, it, I mean, it is essentially. It's a bit of a resilience training, isn't it? It's making you more resilient for day to day life. And yeah, you might not think that. People training well beyond the resilience they need, for sure. But that then becomes an enjoyment level, and the other the other side benefits to it. I think, mm. especially for one thing we well we we did kind of touch on with some of the health benefits, but especially as you get older, strength and power dip off a lot quicker than aerobic capacity does, for example. So it's even more vital as you get older to train strength. Um, that's massive trips, falls, all of those kind of things can, mm. you know, be lessen the risk of by being stronger, have greater leg strength. Um, you're going to be able to react and catch yourself quicker. 
from strength training that that mind muscle connection again than if you haven't done that kind of stuff before so yeah another benefit even more vital as you get older but yeah we'll leave it there dude i think we've we've rambled on long enough and i'm gonna go and parade around the house in my um (coughs) superman helmet anyway power rangers helmet (laughs) (laughs) there's a sight for everyone (laughs) excellent dude cool um anything else mate no 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 all done yeah lovely sweet um guys we will catch up with you next week and hopefully we are going to have a guest on the show we've got some good last guests lined up i think we may well sort of set the bar pretty high early on we've got some good people lined up so yeah we will catch you next week cheers guys cheers guys take care